Hello and welcome to another episode of the CBGS <laughs> podcast, brought to you by Aspen Waits, or you could say AWM, Aspen Weight Media. Hey! <laughs> Just trying it for size. <laughs> and um, I'd like to welcome back into the studio, okay, the master, Paul Waite. He's here today. And um, we're going to have an interesting discussion with you guys today about um, about training in the in the workplace. Yes. So that's what's to come. So just off off the top of the cuff, Paul, like what? Why would you train staff? Why why train train? train it obviously covers a wide range of subjects. But what pops into the into into your head when you think when you think training? Like the reasons why you would. I tell, I tell you, yeah, I'm, 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 quite, I'm quite a sort of. Um, I'm one of those people that tend to think in images and stuff and things just come into my head for no mm. reason. So um, the first thing that came into my mind when you were saying that was um, I was thinking about various recent experiences. I think because uh, customer service is everything to me, mm. so I'm always going to like service, 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 a little bit more service, you know. Mm. Um, it never ceases to amaze me when I go into restaurants, hotels, uh, you know, generally places where... <laughs> Uh, the customer is paramount you know mm-hmm. how the customer experience should be the most important thing in the world to them how badly people do it mm. and how often people are surprised when you say well actually I didn't think that was very good mm. and and um, uh, I, I was thinking about a conversation I had about two weeks ago um, after um, you know I think because because I have high standards uh sort of joking inside my family that I'm very impatient mm-hmm. um, so I don't tend to tolerate things like having to wait a long time for things or <laughs> that sort of thing you know and I, I personally can't understand why people think that's funny to me mm. I'm right mm. especially yeah. in, a, in a situation where you're actually pay, paying for a service or uh, you know you're, you're, that, that's, that's supposed to be a part of the services well there. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm one of the I mean I, 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 had, I had a situation very recently where uh, uh, I'd had um, a starter in the same establishment previously um, and then uh, I had the same thing obviously and you expect you think we've had this before mm. this is fantastic and, uh, and, and I came out and I went What's going is this on the that? child's portion yeah. no I said to the waitress is this the child's portion yeah and she went uh, was it a gourmet restaurant well, you know, we're not we're not talking about you know. It's not because they are. Only we're not talking about McDonald's, one, for instance. You know? uh, no, but the point is, 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 is I've been there before. And it oh, wasn't you had the same thing, and it was. What I'm saying is, I looked at it. I'd actually said this is exactly what I said. I said, mm. "Is this the child's portion?" Mm. And she looked at me, and I said, "This doesn't bear any relation to what I'm expecting to see. Mm. I have had this dish before." Mm. And um, and uh, she said, oh, "I'll go and go and ask the chef." Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so I then sat. So I sat there for a start, not 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 quite sure whether I should start or not. You know, mm. uh, I then I then um, decided after about two minutes that I ought to, mm. uh, despite the fact that she walked back in several times. So I actually got to the point where, despite I, you know, clearly she had been left that she was going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only when she took my plate away and I said, "Sorry, uh, did the chef? Did you not see the chef?" Oh yeah, she said, and I said. Um, you know, so so what, what was what was going on? She said, "Oh, he's um, what's it called? Um, uh, a placement chef, you know, oh, right. in for the day." And she said, um, "You know, um, he he didn't plate up properly. Mm. We 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 accept that." Um, so I said, "So why didn't you come back and tell me that?" Mm. Mm. And she said, "Oh, um, what do you mean?" And I said, um, 
well, you've just told me that you agree with me that I didn't get what I, should, what I ordered. I said, no, don't worry about it. We won't charge you. That's what mm. she said. Mm. I said, look, I can afford 50 of these... Bro- I said, you know, I don't come in here because I want a free child's portion meal. <laughs> no, I mean, you might laugh, but, you know, I said, I can afford to, to pay a lot of money to have a good starter. Yeah. I don't want to eat a child's portion meal for free. Mm. What mm. I wanted was what I ordered, mm. yeah? And um, and I said, and I said, I don't, you know, I, I said, what I would have appreciated is you coming out with some, or even if you'd said to me, would you, you know, would you like a bread knife? It's not perfect, or or something, or offering mm. me something, mm. you didn't do so that. So it's like that level of customer service that goes beyond just, oh, you know, we'll give it for free and that'll be the money back. They won't have anything to moan about. It's actually having that care behind. Well, I think, um, yeah, and the reason that I, this, is, this, is, this is my way of answering your question, so I always, I always like to tell stories, as you know. <laughs> and, and she turned around to me and she said, oh, I understand. She said, I, 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 I've learned from this. Mm. I won't do that again. Mm. So... What, what we can what we can deduce from that is she hadn't been trained mm. properly mm-hmm. uh, to deal. So let's look at this from a training point of view. The waitress was Ill, ill-equipped personally to know how to deal properly with uh, a complaint let's call or it an expert customer. Yeah, <laughs> um, reasonably complaining about something, mm-hmm. um, and and I suppose also um, on a secondary level or perhaps a primary level, the. The the in, clear inadequacy of the training for the temporary chef. Mm, mm. You know, if you're going to operate a menu and and you want to have regulars, um, you know, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, one of the biggest one of the biggest things that can cause um, loss of reputation, for instance, is if if someone walked into an Aspen White office, they should feel the same experience and the love. You know, yep. the greeting should be mm-hmm. the same, regardless of whether you're Which in Deal office. or Southwark yeah. or Bridgewater. Um, I mean, the truth is, it probably isn't quite, or it's, it's a bit different. Um, and that's something I want to sort out. Mm. But the fact is, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to have things like repeat customers, multiple offices, outlets, could be shops. Then you um, want the standards. The customer to be the experience same. has to be yeah. the same mm. all the time. Mm. So, so, so the primary answer to your question is. Why do you train? You train to make sure that people do their jobs properly. Mm. I mean, so it's not rocket science, is yeah. it? Yeah, and like company alignment, getting getting everything. Well, you know, um, you, you know yourself. I mean, you look at look at how far you've come. You know, you joined the company, you know, as um, as a promising guy who you know who had an open mind, uh, and by Christmas you were able to do the twelve days of Christmas mm. and and give a really a really quite excellent mini potage <laughs> of a number of subjects yeah which is which is fantastic and, and you know and, and, and you're like most of the people um, the non-accountant people in Aspen Way you sort of lap it all up mm. and, you're, and you're learning all the time so I think I think what training does is it gives tools to people yes it gives the tools to people and the tools and I think the thing is as an expert trainer you need to understand what those tools are mm-hmm. so um you clearly need let's call it operational training, mm-hmm. so that if, it, if it's a waitress, you know she needs to know which knife goes where, or when to, you know when to bring the steak knife out. You know the fact that if someone orders sirloin steak, they get a different knife to I don't say it's basic, but mm. to someone that's had chicken supreme, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> um, when to ask for things, you know, also also, and then of course 
um, something which is the failing of most firms uh, in my experience and I have myself um, let really brilliant people down through not not willfully um, what happens quite often is Ben might be a good example for instance let's take Ben as, 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 a, as a good example of what I mean so uh, Ben Phillips is, is a lad that um, wasn't totally cut out for professional exams never quite made it as mm-hmm. a qualified accountant has always had uh, something special about him I would say some degree of commercial mouse mm-hmm. which you can't teach somebody you know sort of in him mm. uh, and because and because you know therefore he's got that natural ability he's been able to rise through the ranks and so when I formed the R&D business it was him I asked to do it with me because mm. I had confidence in him I believed in him what happens then is you have someone that's come from nowhere and let's look at it now. I mean, you could argue that Ben was the second most important person in Aspen Weight. I mean, that's, mm. that wouldn't be a ridiculous thing to say. Mm. Um, but if he doesn't have the, the training, and I'm, I'm not talking now about R&D training, I'm talking about like management training, mm-hmm. you know, personal development. Uh, so in himself, how to deal with himself, how to things like delegation, mm. prioritization. These mm-hmm. are the things that people struggle with, you know. Um, how, how, to, how to communicate with other people. How to communicate with his staff, how to uh, how to understand, how to how to empathise and relate with clients. So, mm. training is massive. You know, mm. it's a it's a massive thing. But if, just just to lay some credentials down here, uh, one of the, one of the things that's amusing about accountants is um, when I was working at Ernst and Young back in um, nineteen eighty five, I think it was. Um, uh, I was in a, a nice office in Exeter, and because because I was like. Um, one of the few people ever that's got a personality and uh, you can put the accountant and personality in the same sentence. Um, truthfully, um, you were jumped on like you were a piece of gold dust. Mm-hmm. So as a 24-year-old man, oh, you can talk to people. So uh, I had the immense privilege, and I mean immense because it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's so defined. I feel I feel quite special for this, really. I mean, obviously there are other people like Ernst & Young who have had this experience. Possibly most of them haven't put it put it to the practical use that I have is um, I was invited to go on the Ernst & Young Lecturers Programme oh. uh, and, and again one of the great things about working for a top four firm is um, so we stayed in a six star hotel uh, called um, the Runnymede Hotel in Egham oh, wow. which is very near to where the Magna Carta was signed mm-hmm. and um, so this is a six star deluxe hotel and one of the things I remember, apart from the fact walking down the river to look at where the Magna Carta was signed, because there's a big thing there, was that the um, England Rugby League team was staying in the same hotel. So I can remember going in the sauna with <laughs> people that I was, um, you know, mar- marginally idolised, being, wow. being the son of a rugby league player. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened is we turned up, you turned up on the, so we turned up on Sunday, I think, for four o'clock. So Sunday, we're talking now, guys. Uh, first session, six o'clock on a Sunday. Three hours on the Sunday, basically telling you what the week was all about. Finished at four o'clock on a Friday. And talk about full-on and, 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 and intensive. So basically, um, even on the first Sunday session, uh, you were told that you had to do a presentation about how to do something. Mm-hmm. It was. I remember this. It was how to do something. Um, and what happened over the five days so this is you started at nine o'clock in the morning went through to eight at night for five days plus the Sunday mm. it's an incredibly full on course 
Also, um, we were taught psychology and not things wow. like what people do, what that meant. Mm. You know, when people are doing this, how not to do that, you know, mm. how to stand properly when you're talking, mm. you know, little things, you know, don't put your hands in your pocket, you know, all those little sort of behavioural things, you know. And um, despite the fact that I thought I wasn't very good, I, I always remember, I was very honoured that um, some of you will remember that Ernst and Young used to be called Ernst and Winnie. Um, so Winnie was a very famous firm. So Winnie, and in fact, uh, before Ernst uh, and, and Winnie, uh, the firm was called Winnie Murray, who were again, I think, were about the sixth biggest firm. So I actually met Jack Winnie. Mm-hmm. Jack Winnie was actually the head trainer. Oh. So I was very honoured. Um, you know, I wouldn't mean anything to people like Drew, but it, it, I can't really think of the analogy. But it'd be, you know, it's 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 it's, it's actually meeting um, someone who's of historical. Significance while they're still alive, mm. and I and I, I, I it was he was in his twilight, mm. you know, maybe the last year or two. And he was he still did. carrying out the training. He, he was in charge of our charge of our of our oh, wow. lecture of the lecturers' workshop. So I feel very honoured to have to have had that with Jack Winnie. Mm. And um, one of the things that he said on the Sunday, he said, uh, I think there were about I don't know fifty. I can't remember now. It wasn't that many. Fifteen of us, and he said, uh, fifteen people in this room. Fourteen of you will think." He said, you'll all think that everyone else is brilliant and that one person in the room isn't as good as everyone mm. else. And you'll all think that you're the worst. Mm. And gosh, is that true? Yeah. I, I, I personally thought I made a poor choice of what I talked about. And despite that, when it came to the Friday, um, the, the assessment on me was that they felt um, very much what you say to me. So this is even as a 24-year-old man that Jack Winnie said, I, I believe you could, I would have no problem with you talking to 100,000 people. Mm. You know, you, I believe you could do that, you know. Wow. Um, and of course, much more so now. I am not generally very relaxed talking to mm. you, but I wasn't relaxed mm. doing that. Mm. But somehow, rather, so one of the things I've got over other people. So I've been heavily involved in training for thirty-five years now, and I've been given the best tools. So I feel very honoured that mm. I've been given the best training. And of course, then working for Ernst and then a Baker Tilly, I've been on courses where we built bridges out of straws. Genuinely. Mm. You know all those courses that you hear about. I've done, mm. uh, and um, so you I see the importance of that. In, I, well, I just yeah, and obviously you know I was then trusted to do tutorials and things as a young man. You know, in front of people not much younger than me. Mm. You know, mm. uh, and then um, when I was at Baker Tilly, I was um, a training manager, audit mm. and training managers. I was oh. so that was my first training official training position. So I was responsible for. Uh, the training and examination success of all the trainees in Baker Tilly. Mm. Uh, a position I fulfilled in every firm I've been in ever since. So you know, I'm well qualified to talk about training. Yeah. So I think, you know, what training is, as I say, training is a lot of things really. I guess it's also um, spotting talent, mm. spotting talent, nurturing talent, understanding people, understanding their needs, knowing when you can shout at them who to shout who you can shout at who not to shout at who to pat on the back those sort of things you know? and, and yeah like knowing your staff like different training styles that people um, would need to succeed in themselves um, so you know pe- some people are more theoretical and will do really well and because that's the thing that I noticed um, about the way that you work you will, you will let uh, those things in your staff develop in, in an organic way whatever's mm-hmm. right for them so you see the importance of if that person works like that, then they can, you know, like people going off to college and, and doing doing things in that way while working at the office. 
Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, one of the things that goes with being a manager, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a training aspect, is, is, is using your judgment to know what is most appropriate, you know. Um, so sometimes, you know, sometimes you get, um, you get some people that it, it's probably a waste of time them pursuing a professional qualification or there's mm. no point in it, you mm. know. Um, so you take us at the moment, you know, as you know, we're running our own internal examination and mm-hmm. that is specifically because um, I, I don't believe, I don't really believe that for us with my aspirations that the current, um, you know, the current, sort of, the current way of doing things is, is, is quite for us, you know. Yeah. You know, it's probably the best way of putting it. Mm. So, well, probably not John, oh, damn, not Poor old John is not very well, so we, we'd like to... I just had a, a text from John only, so we'd all like to send John our love. So, um, Big love, love John to John mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you follow convention uh, and, and, you know, and I think, obviously, you know, there's a mix of things like structured and unstructured. You know, training, training can be uh, on-the-job training. Yeah. Um, you know, where you're giving... Obviously, there's no substitute for real experience, and that's yeah. why, for instance... I sent you to Discovery Glass. The MBA of life, as you, as yeah. you say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So one of the, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. It's one of the things I say all the time: MBA of life, or you know, things like I'm a real world person. I say, mm. or you cut cut my teeth in the in the hard world. You know. So you know, one of the reasons why I can stand up and say I've made every mistake a businessman could make is because I have. <laughs> um, but most importantly, uh, I've had a huge amount of experience, and 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 obviously I've learned from mm. those mistakes mostly. Mm. Uh, and you're able to pass that on to other people, which is what training is all about. So, what you know, what really training is is, um, I guess, you know, is 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 is, 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 is 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 having a group of people who, in themselves, have the potential to get somewhere. And then, as I say, um, giving them the tools in all respects, and that's something that's misunderstood. So, accountants traditionally don't understand that. So. It'd be like um, you know, if if the guard, if you took take a garden, you think about all the things in the garden. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, it'd be like saying to the gardener that you were going to teach him to to do the topiary on the hedge, mm. but you weren't going to teach him to cut the lawn or mm. or to look at it all together. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or to yeah. consider the impact of extraneous things and what happens if it rains too much, or mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. I cut the lawn? Do I cut the lawn as often if it rains as much as I do? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These funny little things. And actually, the single most important thing, as you well know, is is personal skills. So ultimately, um, I think the thing that causes people most stress, there was a very sad story recently, wasn't there, of that guy that committed suicide, um, which I found very frustrating. Not, you know, not, obviously, um, let's make sure, make sure I don't do a Amber Rudd here and upset Diane Abbott on radio or something. But um, So I don't mean to be insensitive. I mean, uh, as as someone, I think most people have considered um, some, you know, quite awful uh, things to themselves at some point mm-hmm. uh, in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be honest, it's not something people talk about very much. But mm-hmm. actually, you know, I've, I've always had the confidence to do that. And, you know, I, 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 I don't admit, I, I used to spend time thinking about if I was going to kill myself, how I would do it and, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Everyone goes through struggles and they're real. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, one of, the thi- one of the things that even at my lowest I used to cling on to was that even if just one good thing happened to me the rest of my life that was better than dying mm. you know I know it sounds a bit morbid but mm. uh, and I think the other thing which I'm very good at is um, the, the realisation that lots of other people depend on me mm. 
So the fact that this poor chap got so stressed by his job that he decided that he was so busy that he would rather end his life, despite the fact he had you know, a wife and a family. Mm. But surely, you know, you just you feel like screaming out to him, you silly man, why didn't you, why didn't you just resign? Mm. You know, your wife would rather you were unemployed than be dead, you know? Mm. Uh, and that's, that's really a, a very stark uh, example of what I'm talking about. So what happened there is the, the poor guy reached a mental overload, didn't he? He just couldn't cope. Mm. Uh, and, and I think if we're being honest there's probably, probably there's a two way thing going on there firstly he was mentally unable to cope with the workload he had and secondly there was a failure inside his organisation to re- recognise that mm. yeah? yeah and again that would be both proactively and reactively if you think about it mm. so uh, yeah, training training is, is, a, is probably you know the single most important thing and like marketing, you know, if you're looking at companies and think about a, t- a typical company and what they probably don't invest enough money in, it would be things mm. like training and marketing. You know, mm, but they can be the foundation that can. Um, well, they, they are, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, really help. When you look at, um, yeah, you know, so one thing, you know, one thing that fortunately Aspen Weight staff don't suffer from is I get it. Mm. So. A lot of people in my position would say, I'm £250 an hour, I can earn thousands of pounds a day. I'm not going to go around talking to Drew Armstrong about helping him be better. Because <laughs> I can't be asked to do that, because mm. I'm really important and I can earn lots of thousands of pounds. Mm. Now, of course, the way I look at it is entirely differently. I look at it and I think, well, if I give up my time... So recently, as you know, we had two full-on training days um, in a row, Monday and Tuesday of last week. Uh, the way I look at that is I've got six, I had 16 people in front of me, uh, 12 of whom were the same on mm. both days and four different Monday and Tuesday. By giving them 15 hours of my time, uh, I believe that, for instance, just taking the R&D day, um, you'd have to think, you'd like to think that just, just by giving them seven and a half hours of my time on the Tuesday, that probably each person's productivity... And also things like self-respect and ability mm. to work hard mm. would would go up, you know, many percent. Mm. And I was going to ask you about that as well because that was more of like an interactive session, wasn't it? Rather than like a um, what you would normally think of as, a, as as people going away on a training. This was like more like a like, like a seminar kind of thing or an interactive session between you and them. Well, obviously, you know, um, everyone has their own style, don't mm. they? I mean, I, I personally would prefer to turn any presentation into a chat. Mm. Mm. Much, it's much better to, to have 40 people listening to an R&D presentation and 23 of them ask you questions mm. while you're doing it because you're then, you know, you're, you're talking about real... And I think as well what happens then is, is um, it, it, one's natural intelligence shines through, doesn't it? Mm. Um, mm. So... Yeah, I mean, I th- obviously, you know, I think one should say. I mean, clearly, uh, there were aspects of both days where there's a lot of knowledge going out. Mm-hmm. So it'd be wrong to think that you know, because clearly, you can't, you couldn't teach. I couldn't teach you uh, how to run faster by just you talking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, got to, I've actually got to say to you, right, Drew? Uh, you know, you need to do your conditioning and talk mm-hmm. about conditioning. Then you've got to do. You know, then we talk about nutrition and attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly, you know, there was the structure of that. But also, it was highly participative. So, mm. Mm. training is adequate investment in training is 
one of the most important aspects of business success, in my opinion. Uh, not least because you think about it, um, A, uh, well-trained people are your lifeblood. They are the people who do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also become your successors, don't they? Mm. So the, the foreman of today should be your manager of tomorrow. The manager of today should be your director of tomorrow and mm. those sort of things, you know? That's it, and and makes you think as well. I know we got we got like this trainee staff in in Aspen Wake. Um, I'm marketing trainee. You've got um, Josh Dickensy trainee, and, and that and the benefits of um, of 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 shaping of sh- shaping them while they're young, <laughs> like uh, malleable and yeah, malleable. Well, like that. Yeah, you're malleable like a sponge. <laughs> like so, yeah. Like the, the benefits of that. I know that's a that's a, that that's an important thing for you as well. Like um, or like. As for advice for a company allowing um, uh, investment in, tra- in in trainee staff is an important thing. <coughs> yes, and as, as unfortunately as I'm in a, in a hurry, we've been burbling for ages. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, the other things that we need to mention are obviously recruitment is essential. Yeah, um, good recruitment, um, good induction program, making sure that uh, people know what they're doing before they start. They understand mm-hmm. what the business is all about, and then once the people are involved, it's not just a case of training. You need, obviously, to give them annual appraisals and motivate them and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And probably most, most importantly, uh, the job of the manager to recognise the talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to recognise the, the deficiencies of where someone might need a bit more help. Mm-hmm. So you, you could never really, inside a company, just have this rigid, formal training programme that, that applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because you're very different to me. Yeah. And Josh is very different to you and so, yeah. and so forth. So you've got to... You Being adaptable, like, oh like yeah, said, well, yeah and, and, and personal, I think. personal and adaptable. Yeah, yeah it's mm. essential. So, mm. yeah, I think yeah, your is it, is it your training is training is, is a good subject to pick up because it's um, it's the lifeblood, isn't it? Mm. You know. So you know, you think about go back to my Solskjaer point. You know, ten first team players not available at the moment. Uh, team plays the uh, PSG, who many people thought were going to win the Champions League. Uh, so instead of um, sort of resorting to type, Solskjaer's well, well, what the hell, you know. I mean, uh, uh, many respects, you know, one of the reasons I can relate to him is um, he, when he finished his playing career, he was the, the reserve team coach at Man United for about five years. So ironically, you know, some of the people who were in the first team now, he, mm, he was their manager when mm. they were babies, you know. Um, so I think. Um, Training's really uh, about lots of qualities, but um, no matter what your personality... I mean, obviously, I'm quite an empathic person, and I like to think particularly good at spotting talents in other people. But those of you who are, who are less confident of that, um, you know, there are lots of... You know, there are lots of people out there, you know, like our action coach friends, trainers, uh, and lots of good professional support, people like SWAT, uh, Mercia, those sort of people, um, you know, who have the skills you need. So... Um, you know, buy them in. You know, in our case, uh, we took the quite bold step to have a national HR manager, for instance. So, you know, employment and training are very important to us because we totally understand that people are everything. Mm. And I think that's a good way to enter training is, is simply, you know, making sure that your business is represented consistently at the very highest level it can be. I think that's what that that's what the goal should be. Words Don't give me thing. bloody child's portions when I ask for a <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, that's been a very interesting episode. Got Paul's take on training, and we're going to play out for you this week. 
with an absolutely awesome tune which which uh, you showed me I, I was blown away by this YouTube video <laughs> so you want to yeah, give a little yeah, bit so of background the, the last thing for me before I pass over to, to Drew is um, so uh, this this song I think is is, 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 is sort of a protest song a bit about um, Vietnam um, so this is this is during the the, the, the peak of uh, the hippie movement hey peace man you know mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know all the people involved probably were so stoned they didn't know what they're playing I suppose <laughs> Uh, they were still playing good it's very surprising really so Jefferson Starship uh, Jefferson Airplane the same band um, headed up by a very famous lead singer called Grace Slick um, who um, also appeared in um, a quite famous film called Mannequin that starred starred Kim Cattrall when she was a uh, uh, a dummy that's it (laughs) very good uh, and I'm trying to think what the Jeff- this, this is the, the the band that came after Jefferson uh, the, 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 what the, the the first Jefferson band um, I'm trying to think what the song was now but uh, it'll come to me but uh, uh, anyway uh, this song is probably uh, epitomises the Vietnam sort of anti-protest uh, movement uh, the actual uh, single only lasts about two, uh, two minutes and 20 seconds but fortunately there is this beautiful extended version that I've been watching quite a lot on YouTube, uh, and you'll see why. And there's a three three minute plus uh, solo by the lead guitarist. He's just really going off on fun and having such fun. And although the quality of the vocals probably isn't as good as uh, on the single, in my opinion, the whole thing is better because mm-hmm. it's just so great. Um, if ever you wanted kooky lyrics, uh, listen to this. So you've got it's all about Alice in Wonderland. So the song is the lyrics are based on Alice in Wonderland. Uh, so you've got lyric like when she's ten feet tall, and they're talking about the dormouse mm-hmm. and the white rabbit and all that. Cause it's called white rabbit. Yeah, and the chorus is feed your head, feed your and that's what the dormouse said. Feed mm-hmm. your head, feed your mm-hmm. head. So it's a complete nonsense song really, <laughs> but it's all it's all about you know you've got to be sort of stones and hippieish to understand it. So this is an absolutely really fantastic song uh, with one of the best guitar solos ever and I knew that Drew would love it so um, I'm going to leave you today in Drew's capable hands uh, with with White Rabbit fantastic awesome thank you very much listeners enjoy this uh, this live twiddly guitar beautiful song uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Starship catch you later